0: Welcome, you're listening to Harambeans at Work. Young African innovators who pledge to work together as one to build Africa's future. My name is Dr. William Mappham. My company is uh, Vula Mobile, and Vula is a a network of health workers, and it's used by them to ask opinions, get advice, and to make referrals to each other. It's one of um, Vula's main ambition is to help health workers help their patients in the best possible way. So whether they're a rural health worker getting advice from a specialist or a specialist referring the patient to another hospital uh, to a different specialty, uh, our goal is to make those connections as easy as possible. So I think uh, Vula Mobile pretty much came from our own experiences. Uh, First as a rural health worker So I worked in uh, remote areas in South Africa and in Swaziland. So I really experienced what life was like when you got no help and any kind of help is actually miles away and kind of out of reach. Um, Having left there, I went to work in health technology and in public health and only returned to clinical medicine um, much later. And I started specializing in ophthalmology, which is basically eye care or eye surgery and there I experienced the pain of being a specialist and having patients come in who could have been treated remotely or patients have come in too late uh, and it was some very tragic cases. So I think combining my experience in the rural areas and as a specialist with some tech background, I think that sort of combination um, helped make Vula happen. So technology is having a huge impact in healthcare, um, both good and bad in different ways. Uh, In some areas, people are complaining that the electronic systems aren't user-friendly and it's actually stopping them seeing patients. That's the bad side. However, I think uh, one of the bonuses of growing technology company in South Africa or perhaps Africa in general is that our resources are exceptionally uh, limited and we don't have time for things that don't work. So Vrula's been free to use from the moment it started and if it didn't work, people were under no obligation to use it. So our usership only grew if it became useful to more people. Uh, But we learned that lesson the hard way. So it took us, um, I think, about two years to grow from about 200 health workers to 500. Uh, But now it's growing rapidly. Um, There are over 11,000 now and it's growing at about 10 or 20 a day. Um, So it's becoming more and more useful to more and more people. But I think that's perhaps one of the advantages of developing tech in Africa is that you have these constraints that you just have to go through. And even from a data perspective, we had to make our chat system uh, cheaper to use than WhatsApp because WhatsApp didn't work in all the environments in which we operate. So again, it's uh, it's these very, very tight um, hoops that you've got to jump through in order to make uh, something work and be practical. So Vula started off with my specialty uh, in ophthalmology, so it's eye care, Uh, but it quickly got recognized as a system that could work. So we added uh, three new specialties at the beginning of 2016, and that was burns, dermatology, and orthopedics. And now there are 40 specialties uh, using Vula, and we're adding about um, uh, three every two weeks. So it's kind of growing in scope and growing in uh, breadth as well. And although it started off with basically nurses and doctors, uh, now there are 59 different types of health worker using the system. So health workers range from ambulance assistants to nurses, dietitians, physios, doctors, different specialties, and it's really been amazing to see how it's grown like that. I think healthcare is in danger of becoming incredibly fragmented with people specializing in very small things and very sort of defined areas. And I think one of the advantages of Vula is that it connects people across those specialties. Otherwise, you'd have a technology solution for every single specialty, and that would just be onerous on the health workers so Ru is essentially a platform that uh, responds to the users' needs. I think there have been um, three main things that have happened since we started Ruer that really helped me realize that yeah we, we're doing something useful here. Uh, one was a very uh, personal story. There was a nurse in Friedendahl, which is uh, about five hours north of where I was working and she was learning case by case over two years and then you sort of get to know someone even though it's all remote. And then she just suddenly stopped sending patients. And I thought maybe she had moved or something had happened. But when I called her, she said, no, uh, she's still here and she knows what to do now. So she had learned case by case to the extent that she was actually managing fairly complex eye conditions in a very faraway area, a very remote area. And what happened then is she actually used the data that had been collected over the years on Vula to show what kind of eye clinic should be in Fred and, Dahl. and now there is an eye clinic out there and a surgeon goes to operate for her once a month. So it's really changed the health system at her personal level and also at a service level for the for the patients because now they can access proper healthcare you know, where they live. Uh, the other one was that um, with orthopedics, um, one of the township hospitals in Kalicha, uh was overloaded. I mean, they had a couple of surgeons, they're literally working harder than I've ever seen people work, handling 150 cases per per month. And again, they use that data and they're just publishing a study now to show the need. And now they've got extra posts there. The department is more supported. They're even doing their own research. And I think it's been amazing to see how Vula data has helped a system, not just uh, an individual. Uh, that has been very satisfying for me. I think one of the the, if I had to recommend a couple of things to other entrepreneurs, um, sort of maybe where I was a few years ago, I would just say talk to as many people as you can, uh, get as many ideas. You're not actually alone. Just reach out, and people have been more than willing to help me over the uh, over the years. And in fact, if someone is listening to this and they want some advice, you know, please feel free to contact me because even five ten minutes with someone who's done it before is is really helpful. And in tune with that, I would say don't bother with NDAs. Like when I first started, I thought my idea was so top secret that you know, I couldn't tell anyone. Um, and actually signing an NDA is just wasted time. So if you are 10 minutes with an expert and all you do is talk about signing an NDA, you've actually lost the opportunity to gain anything. So I stopped doing that almost after the first month and I think benefits a lot uh, as a result. I think the other thing to be wary of is that entrepreneurship can be lonely. And I was very fortunate to have a very understanding uh, partner. Uh, My wife's really, (laughs) I think, been part of this journey from the very, very beginning. And having someone like in your life like that, whether it's your family or your partner or a very close friend, I think that really helps you get through the tough times. And perhaps one thing that I only learned later on was exercise. So I used to work um, during the day as a doctor and then at night on Vula and didn't sleep much and didn't exercise much, wasn't eating well. And to cut a long story short, ended up having to have spinal surgery just because of all the strain I was putting on myself. And having recovered from that, um, I now make exercise part of my weekly routine. So I really have to get out there and do something. It's great because no one can phone you uh, if you're surfing or if you're on the water. It's a bit of a, like a complete mental break and your body appreciates it. And at the end of the day, it's all part of the same system. So I think um, if you can find a partner and uh, in my case, buy a surfboard, I would I'd recommend that. Also, with the, I mean, with an NDA, you're just signing with my idea is so special. Um, the real hard part is actually making it happen. Uh, so if you suddenly say, that your idea is more valuable than your effort, then you have to really question whether um, it's that special and if you're prepared to put the effort in. Mm -hmm. I think the Harambian alliance works in different ways and and collaboration comes at different levels. Uh, So one of my favorite parts, one of the most memorable parts, I think as well, was um, when and Mboweni and myself um, went for a swim in the snow. So we were at the... uh, at Bretton Woods and it was pouring with snow. I think the biggest snowstorm in like five years or something like that. And um, But there was a heated swimming pool about a kilometer from the hotel. And so we put on our gowns and we hot footed it or cold footed it all the way down to the swimming pool and we had a swim in the snow. And I think like just sometimes having something fun to do has uh, led to, you know, be friends and it's nice to have that kind of partnership or friendship with people. Um, And then on the other side, we met uh, the DRK Foundation uh, through the Harambee Alliance. And they've now come on as an investor, Uh, but they're an investor that believes in entrepreneurs that make a difference. And it's probably been the best thing I've done uh, for Vula in terms of a company because they've given incredible support, both in terms of analytics, uh, they've given us a board member. Uh, the board member is Bill Rodriguez. He's a doctor who's started health companies in Africa, like eons of experience. There's no way that a company like ours could afford someone like him. But the DRK Foundation essentially gives, it, gives them to us. And it's an incredible um, opportunity. I really enjoyed chatting to Bill and um, he always has great analogies. Um, so even like for fundraising, I was in a hurry. I said, I've got to get the fundraising done in a month. And he said, no, you can't, even if you've got nine women, it still takes nine months to have a baby. So um, he always comes up with great analogies to help me um, imagine what to do next. So I think uh, if I'd done one thing well for Vula it was basically um, getting in touch with the DRK Foundation through Harambee. I think there's different ways of um, creating markets and creating jobs. Um I think the nice thing about health technology is what you build should make a difference from the get-go if it's, if it's useful and if it, makes, if it actually works. So I think um, perhaps other people or people have come up to me afterwards and said, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about that? And perhaps now I've become a bit of a resource to people. I think at the beginning I was quite reliant on, on others. And I think the more people that get involved, uh, the more of an ecosystem you create around technology and healthcare. And it's amazing because there are a few of us really pushing this kind of uh pushing this kind of business hard. And it's nice to be in touch with them and like see other people try and do the same things as us. I think in terms of like job creation, uh, our dream is to not only have our current tech team, which is half female and half actually more, more female than male, uh, we very uh focus on diversity in terms of making sure that um of a range of cultures. I think our team is small i think it's only eight people but between that i think we speak about 13 or 14 languages so it's nice to have a team that um, has different ideas from different cultures and come up with different types of solution almost naturally it's not kind of a forced uh, process or anything and i think if i could take one thing back to the eastern cape where i'm from um, my dream would be to have a, a dev house uh training school um in the rural areas, I mean, you are a long way even from the nearest petrol station. Uh, but if I can install the internet there and get people trained up, I think a lot of uh, software development is outsourced outside of South Africa. And I think it would be amazing to have it uh, insourced uh, within our own country. I think that would be in like, one of our life goals to have that happen. So I think technology and healthcare education is an interesting one because typically it's been paper-based or has been following people on ward rounds and learning kind of in an apprenticeship. And they now use Vula for teaching at two universities in South Africa. So the students send in cases as if they're making a referral to their teacher who then tells them about the case and what they should do. And because there's now data on all the students together, some patterns emerged, and they showed that the students were biased towards uh, what we call clerking or seeing patients their own age. They were biased towards seeing female patients. Um, They were biased towards conditions that they'd just been taught in the medical school. So they avoided things they didn't know and they've just wanted to see people that they kind of liked, if you can think of it that way. So now the students are being asked to be more equitable in their selection of, of cases. And because all the questions are recorded, they're now looking at the questions the students ask and then changing the syllabus according to what the patients want to know not necessarily what happened in the Academy of Sciences curriculum meeting, and it's been really amazing to see that start to to happen. And one of the students quoted and said, um, "You know, if you're on a ward round, you don't want to look stupid in front of your friends or in front of your teachers, so you tend to stay a bit quiet. But using this system, uh, you're able to ask questions in a chat, and they feel freer to ask questions that they wouldn't have asked uh, in front of their class or in front of their teacher." So it's been really interesting to see how our tech is being used in different ways by different people. And I think health education will need to change. And so this is perhaps one of the ways it's going to happen. I think if I can put myself forward in five years and say what went well, I would like to say that we created a profitable, growing health technology business. Uh, I mean, currently we've got um, one patient being helped every two and a half minutes. And in five years time, I would like to be sitting in this chair saying we're getting one patient every second. I think those two things would uh, make me happy. I think uh, many entrepreneurs probably face similar hurdles uh, when starting their venture. I think um, at the beginning, you just want someone to believe in you. (laughs) And so I was very lucky at the beginning where um, I've been talking to people and showing the presentation for years. And then there was a, a friend of mine who got me connected to the Shuttleworth Foundation, and they backed me with 50,000 Rand, which wasn't very much money. Uh, but suddenly I had like a seal of approval from uh, someone who people knew about, and that really made a, a massive difference. So even if you just get someone to kind of say that you are their partner, um, it starts to get your name out there. And I think that made a, a big difference to me. So jumping over that kind of please believe me To um, this is a real thing. Um, I think another one is finding a good team and people to work with. Uh, I've been very fortunate, I've worked with some truly exceptional people and that I think really has been, put me in a lot of good stead. I've also made some mistakes in hiring um, and I think um, it's not nice because you've got a small team and now, now what do you do? You've got someone who's being stressed out because they're not performing and they know they're not performing. And now you see a person getting more stressed out and their life suffering and i think it's just being able to speak to people honestly and say look this isn't working for you like this job isn't for everyone and maybe it's time for you to look for something else but i'm also trying to stay friends with those people as much as possible it hasn't always been possible but i would say in uh, more of the people that leave the company i try to keep them part of the family and like Um, try and like not create barriers in the future and try and create like a wider network. So even like one of our first employees still brings in people and refers us to things. And it's amazing to have like an external network out there. But it is quite a hurdle to jump over and I have made some mistakes there. This podcast has been brought to you by Harambeads. On behalf of a grateful lines, thank you for listening.